Hello and welcome. I'm Marquette and you're listening to Mind Body Dallas. Thank you for being here. Today, I'm talking about number 8 of 11, the law of forgiveness. These laws are from Raymond Hollywell's book called Working with the Law, 11 Truth Principles for Successful Living. Let's begin. Luke 6:37. Forgive and you shall be forgiven. There are crucial things in life that call for great human qualities. It is here and now that the world needs the help of Jesus Christ. Jesus taught bigness of character to his followers. He not only pointed the way, but he went forward and showed the way. When he was nailed to a cross on the hill of Calvary, looking down upon them and seeing their smallness of mind, he cried out, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. A man who is great enough to forgive is always greater than the forgiven. He is superior. He is greater than his adversary. Peter, a disciple, was greatly perplexed while listening to one of the many lessons of Jesus. He raised the question, which is the basis of this lesson. Turning to Jesus, he asked, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Until seven times? Now, this was a generous gesture on his part, for the Jewish law, which he had known, allowed a man to be forgiven three times. This was more than twice the grace that the law allowed, so Peter must have felt the Lord would be pleased with his extension of forgiveness. But he found himself even more perplexed when Jesus answered, not until seven times, but until seventy times seven. In other words, forgive indefinitely. There are no limits or restrictions to the spirit of grace. The quality of forgiveness must be as limitless as faith, hope, and love. The teachings of Jesus in reference to man's power to forgive sins are among the least understood of all the commandments. There seems to be a separation made between sin and its many effects. When a person sins, we have been taught to think that this was a job for the minister or the priest, and so he is called to pray for the sinner. When a person is sick, call a doctor. But actually, after everything we've learned so far, we know that we are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body, and we carry our issues in our tissues. So no real healing or permanent care can be affected until the doctor and the minister work together. In other words, we're looking at a spiritual healing for physical healing. Jesus was the master physician, and he dealt with sin and sickness jointly. A man was brought to Jesus who had been sick with palsy. Jesus spoke of forgiving the man in order to heal him. The people who were gathered around said, Who is this that speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? They did not understand how he could consider sin as a cause of sickness. But there are some no further advanced today who still want to believe that disease is caused by physical or some organic disorder rather than to accept the possibility of it being a mental or spiritual issue. 
Jesus plainly taught that if you forgive sin, the effect of such an act of forgiveness would be absorbed with natural and healthy ideas much the same as the blackest of night is absorbed by the dawn of light. The blackness disappears and the light of day shines upon all alike. When healthy and natural ideas fill the mind, the body takes on a light condition. We are seeing progressive men and women who are turning to broader field of study in healing, miracles and healings, instant healings through what? Mental and spiritual processes. But they're not giving us anything new. They are merely catching up with the facts of Jesus and practicing his methods and teachings more liberally. Think of Dr. Joe Dispenza, Bruce Lipton, Nick Ortner, Dr. Joe Vitale, just to name a few. I want to tell you about one of my favorite healing prayers called Ho'oponopono. This is a Hawaiian prayer made famous by Dr. Hugh Lin because he used this prayer, this prayer alone, to pray over the files of an entire psychiatric ward and healed all of them. He's been healing and doing these things as a psychologist and psychiatrist for over 35 years. So he, not only in this psychiatric ward, but all around his practice. And all he did, all he does, all he did in this way with the psychiatric ward was pray this prayer over each one of the patient's files. He didn't even have to meet them or touch them because, let me get to the prayer in a minute, but the prayer is basically taking responsibility, self-responsibility. So he doesn't, of course, need to touch them or meet with them because why? The the issue was with him, self-responsibility. So remember when we talked about quantum entanglement, we are all connected and that's why distance healing works. This is the power of prayer. Prayers work even when you're in one state and your patient or your aunt or mom or whatever is in another state. You can pray for her where you are and you have a massive impact on her healing where she is. Ho'oponopono. Let me break it down for you. Ho'o means to make. Pono means right. So the repetition of the word pono means to make double right with yourself and with others. The prayer is simple. It's just four lines. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. This prayer represents you taking self-responsibility like I just mentioned earlier because in reality, after everything we've learned so far together, you know now that you had some part to play in everything, every disease, every person, every fight, every situation that's come to you has confirmed your vibrations, your thoughts, your fears, your joy. So the I'm sorry and please forgive me is just you taking responsibility for your part in it. You can always ask yourself, what is my part in this? And yes, we are co-creators. Nothing can be all someone else's fault. Because God, the ultimate creator, created us to what? Create. We are co-creators with God. We are creating our reality. I believe in permissive will, not causal will. God does not cause bad things to happen, but he permits them. He allows them to happen because we are in agreement with <clears throat> expecting to see bad things 
on the news or hate and crime in our neighborhood. We perpetuate all of it by talking about it, thinking about it, and being scared of it. We create things in our mind that are, by law, we are manifesting these things. We are creating things that are happening because we are manifesting our thoughts and our beliefs. You and I have free will and we have been co-creating our lives with God and others. Plus, what <clears throat> what did we just learn in the law of non-resistance? To extend a loving thought to anyone or anything removes the opposition that once seemed to be there. Once the thought of opposition is removed from your consciousness, you will not attract the same condition again. Do good to them that hate you because in doing good you are raised above the thought of hate and hate then cannot touch your life bless them that curse you and pray for them that misuse you why because blessing calls forth the highest good within you the highest good within you can only attract the highest good from another so back to forgiveness then would you agree that when you feel the feelings of opposition hate and unforgiveness they all have similar feelings similar vibrations inside when we think creation rather than competition or opposition when we think love instead of hate when we think blessing and forgiveness rather than resentment and unforgiveness all these represent choices we've made to focus on the highest good within us which can only attract the highest good from another. So what part did I have in this? What role did I play? Even if it's not obvious, what's wrong with a little bit of self-responsibility and knowing that you are the creator of your destiny? You are the creator of your reality. So take responsibility by saying, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry, what was my part in this? How did I attract this? Please forgive me. Forgive me for my part in this. Forgive me for manifesting this. Forgive me that I needed to learn this lesson. And I was in such a vibration that I brought you to me with this crisis, this disease, this back pain, etc. This, thank you for this. What did I learn from you in this situation? Even if it was hard, or maybe I didn't, consciously really want to learn that lesson thank you because what did I learn from you thank you for confirming my thoughts with this reality of your crisis disease back pain whatever I love you unconditionally without conditions unconditionally because you are human we were both created by God God created you as his child, just like me, we are co-creators with God. And as I extend a loving and kind thought to you, my neighbor, my brother, my partner in this journey of forgiveness, as I extend my highest good to you, I can only attract what? The highest good from you. You see, everything begins with thought. Jesus taught us that the originating place of every act is in the mind. He said that where there is lust in the heart, there is sin, though the act may never be committed. And another time he speaks of the origin of sin being in the mind first. He says, out of the heart of man proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, murders, death, deceit, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from where? Within. And they defile the man. 
What is sin anyway? This Sin is a mistake. When you misuse, invert, or violate a law, this mistake is called a sin. A sin is a mistake, a misunderstanding, a misjudgment. A mistake is falling short of or disobeying the law, whether that law be mechanical or spiritual. Correction is the only method of adjustment or of appeasing the law. Therefore, repentance and forgiveness are the only means available to alter and correct the mistake. They are the only means of liberating you from suffering the painful consequences of a mistake, of a sin. They are the only means that will enable you to become in accordance or in harmony with the law. Forgiveness of sin means that we must forgive, forsake, and forget that thought or person or condition which prompted the sin. It's a lot, I know. Stay with me. Forgive literally means to let go of, to abandon, forgive, let go. Dr. Hugh Lin explains that with the Hawaiians, ho'oponopono means to correct, to correct an error, which is a thought form in one's mind. The process of ho'oponopono is to go within and erase the thought form that creates disease. All of our problems are an inside job, an inside job. Think about that. All of our outside problems are inside problems. We know after studying the law of attraction that the world is an outward projection of an inner condition. What is going on in me that this problem should now show up in my life? What is going on in me? So when someone comes to me with a problem or a pain or disease, this person shows up as a means of telling me that there is something going on in me that I need to take care of. A thought I need to erase. A correction I need to make. Self-responsibility is huge. Self-responsibility is, is everything we've been talking about. Every person or situation shows up to teach you something. Have you ever noticed that every time there's a problem, you are there? So it's time to take 100% responsibility for your part in it. How did you manifest this? I've said it several times by now and um you you know I hope you don't get sick of me saying this but I know repetition is so important. You will suffer the lesson until you learn it. We keep looking for someone outside to heal us, fix us, but we need to look within. What thought needs to be erased and forgiven? We know now that forgive means to let go of or to abandon. What thought needs to be forgiven? What thought needs to be abandoned so I can stop creating this evidence in my reality? Stop creating this situation in my life? And better to solve the problem before it shows up. Prevention is the best cure. Prevention is the best cure. So what about beginning every day with forgiveness and peace? How about that? Come in peace and everything around you will be peaceful. 
come in peace and go in peace. Remember, Ho'oponopono is to make double right with yourself and others. If you haven't read it yet, There's an incredible book called A More Excellent Way by Dr. Henry Wright. We were created by God to be in health. He explains in depth each sickness of the mind and the body, um, every disease and where this dis-ease comes from, this manifestation on the outside and what we need to forgive, forgive ourselves or forgive others for. Um, It's all based on the Bible, it's, it's every bit of it is biblical. Um, he, he breaks down all the parts of the Bible and how to cure, um, demons, viruses, bacteria, all of it, everything. It's amazing. Great book. Raymond Hollywell describes how many renowned doctors. So along with Dr. Henry Wright, and then all these other doctors too. I mean, he, and me too, we all believe that abnormal tumors and many types of cancers are from suppressed grief, anger, and unforgiveness, which causes anxiety. In most cases of mental disorder of a functional type or due to a, is due to a sense of guilt. There are lots of harbored and congested thoughts that we need for forgiveness for. In fact, we talked about that in the last lesson, just how we have different centers, right? So we talked about the lungs being the grief center. We have the kidneys, that's the fear center. We have the pancreas, that's the worry center. We have all, you know, all the different chakras and what they represent. And even Louise Hay has, you can look up if you ever, oh, I stubbed my right toe. She'll like, you can look up in her database, just Google it. What does this right big toe represent or what does this represent or whatever? And some of it seems a little bit far out. So, you know, take it or leave it. But a lot of it's fascinating. And if anything, just the act of looking it up helps you remember self-responsibility. How did I manifest this? What is going on? What is God trying to teach me? Um, What is showing up in my life for me to learn? How can I open my eyes, open my heart to a, a more of a spiritual world. If you ever read Ephesians 6, like, well, the whole book of Ephesians, by the way, but we are in a spiritual world. This is the physical part that we see is like a, a small percent of what's really going on around us. So we need to remember that um, and and have responsibility and also just have awareness that there are lots of harbored and congested thoughts that need to be tended to. A sick mind kind of is scared to release those sicknesses or those fears, right? Fear, I mean, uh, release. In other words, forgive. To forgive is to let go of, to release, to abandon. This is a natural response um, because if that person who has a sick mind, if they were able to release and forgive the fearful thoughts, then they would no longer be sick-minded. Some people, it seems like they are, I'm not being silly here when I say like hypochondriacs, like they, it seems like they want to be sick. They're always creating some type of crazy situation. Um, we've talked about that in depth on other, in other lessons. So I'm not going to go into much there. I just wanted to mention it again, that sometimes it is it's pretty obvious when some people are creating this, but if you can see it 
in someone else, you have to recognize that that's probably true with yourself too. So make sure you're not the pot pot calling the kettle black. <laughs> Make sure that you're recognizing that if it's true for them, it's true for you. Okay. Professor Gates of the Psychological Laboratory of Washington, D.C. did an experiment testing the emotions and reactions of the body. He found nearly 40 bad emotions and many more that were good, good emotions. Of all the bad emotions, he found that the reaction of guilt was the worst, the worst of all. So let's call it a low vibration. It's probably one of the lowest vibration. Fear and guilt, we've talked about that many times before. Fear and guilt are the lowest vibrations. He found that it was the worst. He did this all by analyzing perspiration from the body. The the body showed this testing and analyzation showed a strong acid test. If you put some acid on your flesh, you know what will happen. The acid will burn and if allowed to, will continue to be painful and destroy your tissue. That's what guilt does. It is the most acidic of them all. Think acid thoughts, poison thoughts. Yikes. Being angry at someone or feeling guilty is like drinking poison. It kills you. One time I heard uh, someone say, being angry at someone is like drinking poison and hoping it will kill them. But actually it kills you. And of course, yes, it hurts them too because we know quantum entanglement. We are all connected. We are all one. We are, you know, thinking bad thoughts about yourself or another person hurts everyone in the world by lowering the vibration of the whole world. But um, this is why EFT works. Have you heard of EFT, emotional freedom technique, tapping? You might have heard um, Nick Ortner. He's awesome at explaining a lot of it, but um, there are a lot of people who talk about tapping. It is so powerful because you tap literally with your fingers, and there's a certain way to do it in a certain um, a certain pattern you use to tap certain places kind of like almost acupuncture or meridians like you're clearing certain energy points of, of your body it's real simple once you learn it anyway you tap these certain areas and you clear your mind of poison thoughts these acid thoughts by recognizing the ick or perceived problem and saying i love forgive and accept myself so okay you're tapping i say i have a pain in my shoulder even though there's this pain in my shoulder I love forgive and accept myself or even though there's this pain with my husband there's a situation with my husband I'm mad at my husband I love forgive and accept myself that goes all back to you it might seem weird you're like why am I loving forgiving and accepting myself if I'm seeing that the clerk at Walgreens just made me so mad well because it goes back to the the root cause, which is you because you manifested that. So I love forgive and accept myself. So forgiveness with yourself to make right, double right with yourself and others. We have to make it right and then double right. We have to love, forgive and accept ourselves so we can love, forgive and accept others. How can you forgive the guy at Walgreens if you don't forgive yourself? We have to forgive ourselves 70 times 7. We have to forgive others 70 times 7. We have to forgive, let go of, abandon any acid thoughts, guilt thoughts, angry thoughts, unforgiving thoughts. We have to forgive, let go of any resentment to ourselves or others, to any situation or person that comes into our life. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. 
And then I love forgive and accept myself. I love forgive and accept you. Of course, we have to repent as well. You can't just keep forgiving yourself uh, for the same thing over and over, expecting to have a happy and healthy life. Because you won't get happy and healthy consequences for these sins. We, we, uh, we do not suffer for our sins, but by our sins. Let me say that again. We do not suffer for our sins, but by our sins. Kind of like when the lifeguard tells you, don't run, don't run. The floor is wet or the ground is wet. She doesn't chase you down throw you on the floor and beat you up. No, the lifeguard warns you and you suffer not for the sin, but by the sin, you slip and skin your knee. The lifeguard probably even comes over and tends to you, hugs you. Oh, I'm so sorry. Let me get you a bandaid. You suffered by the sin. You had the consequence of this sin. So how can you expect if you don't change your ways to keep getting happy and healthy consequences, if you don't repent of your sins and change your ways, because if nothing changes, nothing changes. We know that. So a sin forsaken is a sin forgiven. In other words, we have to correct, correct the sin. You can't just keep forgiving yourself and ex- Uh, for excessive drinking and raging that's making you a miserable person and causing much unhappiness in your home and family. You finally reach a place where there is no longer a craving. You are able to forsake the desire for the drink and overcome it. And therefore the consequences of it, you're not having to live in that misery anymore. You get better consequences because you had better behavior. It's a root excavation. You get to the root of the issue, which will, of course, cure the symptom. One last thing on forgiveness. I know this is kind of starting to run long, so let me wrap it up. Uh, this is last but certainly not least. It is one of the most important parts of forgiveness or concepts of forgiveness. Both parts and concepts. Okay, no one owes you anything. Let me say it again. No one owes you anything. If you hold in your mind that someone has wronged you or has treated you unjustly, you cannot be free from your wrongdoings or injustice so long as you hold that thought in your consciousness. Judged and you will be judged, all that stuff, or judged and you will be judged, whatever. Um, Often people complain that they do not understand clearly or get the illumination of the spirit as others have testified, you need only to search your memory to find the cause of that. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you, but you have to make sure that you're removing any type of barrier. Someone told me once that sin just means barrier. We just learned that sin is a mistake. Sin is a misjudgment. Sin then obviously is a barrier because this misjudgment, this mistake is in the way of you and God, of you drawing near to God because you're choosing this sin or you are in this sin. You are making the same mistake over and over this sin. You're misusing the law. You only need to search within to find the cause. First, search your mind for lurking unforgiving thoughts that have been tucked away from your 
consciousness. Is your mind filled with resentment that you hold against someone or some condition? Do you have a feeling that you have been slighted by that person or this person, that situation, my childhood? Are you a victim to all that stuff? Jesus teaches us in Matthew chapter 6 how to pray. He says, so then, this is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive yours. Wow. So there's a lot to unpack there. As long as you believe in the necessity and the reality of debt, trespassers, such debt will be in your life. Such debt will continue to abound, to endure, to happen in your life. So long as we believe in debt, we shall get into debt. So long as we believe in debt, we will continue to collect all the burdens and headaches that come with debt. The person who does not, in his own thought, release all men who owe him, stand liable himself to fall into debt and no, releasing the debt of someone doesn't necessarily clear the debt. Okay, what do I mean by that? What does that even mean? Releasing the debt of someone doesn't necessarily clear the debt? Why? <laughs> I release the debt. Okay, this is a big concept here, but hear me when I say, first, we must erase from our mind the thought that anyone can owe us anything. Wow. One of my favorite sayings is, the sun never says to the earth, you owe me. Now look what happens with a love like that. It lights the whole sky. Think sunshine thoughts. Think abundance thoughts. Release all debt or you owe me thoughts. The sun never says to the earth, you owe me. Think like that. This then will bring us into a clear atmosphere in which we sow seeds or ideas of abundance for those who are, quote unquote, indebted to us. Remember when I talked about healers and distance healers, that we can heal others because we do not have their same limiting beliefs? So if you hold a thought for someone, a healed, debt-free thought for someone, then that person will find their minds more fertile soil to bring forth thoughts of abundance. When they catch the spirit of the free-flowing thought of plenty, they will be happy to pay their debts, and all that is ours by divine right will come to us cheerfully in a perfect way. Under grace in a perfect way. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. When we free our minds from all thoughts of debt and try to realize more and more the presence of plenty, we shall soon be strong enough to reach out and realize abundance for our debtors. As they are lifted up from the thoughts of limitation and lack, they will attract more and more substance with which they can pay their bills. In this way, and only in this way, can debts be permanently canceled. Through applying this law of forgiveness, both parties concerned 
will be lifted from a debt consciousness to a prosperous consciousness and prosperity and plenty will abound. Listen, no one owes you anything. Forgive your parents. They don't owe you anything. They didn't owe you anything and they still don't owe you anything. Forgive your boss. He doesn't owe you anything. Forgive your husband. He doesn't owe you anything. Let go of this debt mentality and no one will owe you anything because why? No one owes you anything. (laughs) Only as we forgive are we forgiven. We must put forth the first effort. Our willingness must open the way for our forgiveness. Our willingness must open the way for our forgiveness. God, I am willing to be willing. If it has to start there, we learn that in AA. Make me willing to be willing to forgive. Our willingness will open the way. And if you're not willing, just pray for God to make you willing to be willing. Get there soon, as soon as you can. Drop all of the unforgiveness, all of the ick in your way of being willing to forgive. How can you expect God to forgive you if you can't forgive your brother? When we think about the rivalries that prevail in almost every shop and office, school, when we see the jealousies at home between husband and wife or mother and daughter, when we observe and feel the envies that divide the neighborhood and the country and the world, we see that the teachings of forgiveness strike deeply into your life and mine. They strike deeply into our lives. If we cannot forgive, then we know that we have a small soul untouched by the teachings of Jesus. If we want a big soul, then these are our daily tests. For it is in the school of forgiveness that the lessons of life are learned. This is where we hope to gain the bigness of character that life requires. It is time to truly forgive yourself and others and erase from your mind that anyone can owe you anything. Only then is your atmosphere clear for abundance. We are here to live the abundant life, the abundant life in Christ. Health, wealth, love, and perfect self-expression. Only then, when, when you release from your mind and erase from your mind that anyone can owe you anything, only then is your atmosphere clear for abundance. I'll leave you here with a poem from Hollywell's book called Forgive. That slight misdeed of yesterday, why should it ruin today? The thing he said, the thing you did, have long since passed away. For yesterday was but a trial. Today you will succeed. And from mistakes of yesterday will come some noble deed. Forgive yourself for thoughtlessness. Do not condemn the past, for it is gone with its mistakes. Their memory cannot last. Forget the failures and misdeeds from those experiences. Rise. Why should you let your head be bowed? Lift up your heart and eyes. Okay, we've covered the law of thinking, supply, attraction, receiving, increase, compensation, non-resistance, and forgiveness. I'll see you in the next episode for number 9 of 11 the law of sacrifice.